From sprains to fractures, get expert care quickly at the University of Kansas Health System. Walk-in orthopedic care is open weekdays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays, 8 to 2 at I-435 and Null. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. He was covering the Chiefs the day Patrick Mahomes was born. He was covering the Chiefs the day Mahomes brought the Lombardi Trophy back to Kansas City. Kansas City has won their first Super Bowl in 50 years. 50 years of lifetime. He's Adam Teicher of ESPN on the program. Hour number two of the program begins right now. We'll take your phone calls again after we talk to the man, the myth, the legend. He's been covering the Kansas City Chiefs since 1993. He is Adam Teicher from ESPN.com. Adam, brought to you uh, by our friends uh, at uh, Twin Peaks, TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Uh, to find the location nearest you, they're in Independence. They're in Olathe, and they're in the boardwalk. And they are the spot, remember, uh, with the big game coming up right around the corner, Twin Peaks. Uh, you get a chance if you're at uh, Twin Peaks to be a part of all the action uh, as uh, they will have your uh, wonderful, um, you know, squares game. They'll have cocktails, they'll have food, they'll have drinks, everything going on. Uh, they are going to have a, a great setup uh, for you uh, so you can enjoy uh, the uh, the biggest game on the biggest day with 29-degree uh, man-sized draft beers, premium cocktails served over ice balls. It's all at Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Let's welcome Adam Teicher to the festivities. Adam, how are you, my friend good friend how you doing today very good uh level of surprise with the type of game is that the game you thought it would be that it would be low scoring rock fight style game no i thought it'd be higher scoring i uh, saw both teams getting into the 20s so i i did not expect that and that you know you know when it was uh, what 17 7 at halftime i thought maybe we we're going to get that kind of a game but uh only the field goal in the second half, so uh, was that was surprising. But uh, the, the lack of uh, the, the the number of people who were picking Baltimore to win this game was a little bit. Uh, that was really surprising to me that, that people didn't give the Chiefs much of a chance to win because uh, I thought they did, uh, and uh, boy, they they really executed that. Um, a defensive game plan just perfectly. Well, if they didn't give them a chance to win, then shame on them. I, I picked the Ravens, but I certainly gave the Chiefs a chance to win. Yeah. And I think they executed the game plan that I thought it would need, which is to take the football away, to play from in front, and to run the ball and control the clock, to play a little Bill Snyder-style ball. And they did that. I'm surprised that they got away, frankly, with as little offense as they did after the first two drives. I mean, they really did not do much at all uh, after that point. But that is just to celebrate how well they played on defense. And, you know, being there in the stadium, what were they doing? I mean, like we, we watch on TV and the All-22 isn't out yet. Or at least, I don't know, maybe it is. I haven't looked at it yet. Usually it's not out till Tuesday. Um, you know, what did they do that had – Lamar Jackson sitting back there oftentimes with time because they dropped seven most of the time. Was it just the coverage was that good? Because he couldn't find anywhere to go with the football, you know, for long periods of time. Like what 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 was the game plan? Yeah, no, they uh, they did a nice job of keeping him in the pocket and not and, you know he got out a few times obviously, but. Uh... Did a nice job of keeping him in the pocket for the most part, and um, so yeah, they, the Chiefs did a great job with coverage. You know, uh, there were a couple leaks um, like you're going to get in any NFL game, but other than that, uh, you know, they they really uh, 
did a good job with him. I, you know, they missed a couple sacks on him. You know, there was Leo Chanel missed him one time, and I can't remember who else. There was two or three misses where they kind of tried to tackle him up high, and he kind of got away from them. But uh, I thought they could have even, even done a better job had they executed a little better. So um, congratulations to the Chiefs. They really pulled it off. Yeah, and uh, and I know Chiefs fans will say, well, you know, if Leo Chanel makes that tackle, you know, the Chiefs win this game 17-3, to and you know, well, you know, if, if Legarius Sneed doesn't punch the ball out, yes. you know, then it's a tie ball game, and who knows what ends up happening. Uh, it was a brilliant game plan by Steve Spagnuolo, uh, and, yeah. and now we're we're seeing some people reporting that Amena who's got a torn ACL, um, yeah. which would put him out of the Super Bowl. I know on the field he said he was going to play, but you're not going to play with a torn ACL, um, no. so that, so that hurts. And they are, I mean, yeah. that's you know, Willie Gay didn't play in this game. Do we start to get concerned? Joe Tooney is would be beating the time frame that you're normally supposed to need for the type of injury that he's got. Like, are we starting to get worried? You know, it, it was all fine headed into the Super Bowl with the Bucks, and it's like, well, no, but they keep winning, so everything's just fine. And then we found out, oh no, they got a problem, right? Like, all yeah. four offensive linemen being down is a problem. They don't have one concentrated spot like that. But should we be getting concerned with the way the injuries are piling up? Well, yeah, of course. Um, you know, they know many. He's a key guy. That's, uh, you know, in some ways, maybe he's the biggest loss of them all. But, um, you know, the, the Chiefs do have a little bit of depth there. Mike Dana, George Karloftis, uh, you know, Chris Jones can move out there some. So there's some guys that can move around, and this needs to be a game for Felix. You know, Felix is going to have to play some and, and uh, hold his own at least in, in a rotation. So, uh, you know, they've got the bodies, but, um, you know, Menahue is, is a, a well-rounded player. He's not just a pass rusher. He plays the run well. So, uh, you know, that's a guy that uh, um, they'll miss. Yeah, there, there's no way to paint that one any other way. Um, yeah, and, and... – Charles Amenehu with the broken heart emoji that he uh, tweeted out yeah. as well, um, and now you now your guy up there on ESPN is reporting it as well. Charles Amenehu tore his ACL during the AFC Championship game. Adam Schefter uh, is is commenting on it right now, and that's what they've got on the crawl up there. So um, that's a big loss uh, for the defensive line as, as they head in against the uh, 49ers. Offensively, what works so well for two drives that then suddenly disappeared? Well, I think some of that had to do with the Ravens. You know, they were blitzing like crazy, um, um, or not, excuse me, not blitzing uh, at all. I think just one time in the first half or most of the first half. And then, um, uh, you know, then they got really got after it. And the Chiefs, um, you know, struggled with it a little bit. And, you know, Mahomes was careful with the lead, as he should have been, not to, not to try to force some things. So, uh, you know, it, it didn't look as good, and um, you know. I, but hey, I feel like the Chiefs still played complimentary, complimentary football. You know, they still did the things they needed to do offensively to win that game. You would have liked more production, more points, certainly. But um, um, you know, he, he did. Uh, you know, they they did what they needed to do to win that game. Um, yeah, they they got it done. Uh, Patrick Mahomes played. Uh, I thought brilliant. Game management football. How would you describe the game he had? Well, yeah, I, I think so. Except, you know, that pass to um, uh, MVS right at the end there, the one that kind of clinched everything, that was not a game manager play. I mean, I, can you imagine Alex Smith trying to make that throw? 
I mean, that was. I think that that play took some guts. On it took some guts to call it. It took some guts to throw it. And uh, MDS made a nice catch on the other end. I, you know, I'll take credit to the Chiefs all the way around. But uh, that was not the easy call there. So um, I, I um, you know, he did he did a nice job. And uh, but he didn't put the Chiefs in harm's way. Uh, 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 Mahomes didn't. And that certainly was in, in contrast to. Lamar Jackson with that crazy interception that he had in the fourth quarter that, you know, that, hey, a field goal would have been okay for Baltimore there. And, you know, they, they just couldn't turn it over. They couldn't come away with nothing, which they did. So, um, you know, and that, so that was, uh, you know, a mistake on his part that Mahomes never made. Yeah, let me be clear. I don't mean game management as a negative, but he didn't go out and throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns and swashbuckle his way all over the place. He took sacks at the end. He threw the football away. He took checkdowns. I mean, like the, the first job of a quarterback is to manage the game. If you can do go beyond that, great. But this game needed someone to manage it. And I think you, you just said it. Lamar Jackson didn't manage it. And that was the difference in the game. Patrick Mahomes just didn't make mistakes. And that was enough. Like, that Ravens defense was great. You weren't going to have a big day, right, against the Baltimore Ravens defense, I don't think. And and he knew it, and he didn't try to get more than he could. Like, I think if, if you know, you'd said to, the, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the offense going into the game, you're going to have to get 34 or we're not winning. Well, then we're not winning, right, because we can't get to 34 against that defense. Like, I think the idea that I think we still have in our heads that, oh, no, they, they can at some point they're going to figure something out and go back to being 34 points a game. No, not with this group. This group is not good enough for it. And I think, you know, that was Tom Brady and the Patriots understanding that, listen, we can't turn it over and – 20 is going to have to be enough on this game, and our defense has just got to keep them to 19 or less. And that's what this game was, and they played to it. And the Baltimore Ravens bought into some machismo crap and tried to blow out the Chiefs. It's like they were trying to recreate the Dolphin and, and Niner game, and just getting a win by one point wasn't enough. And this team was willing to just go win any way they could, one point, two points, whatever it took. And I think that takes some restraint from a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we talked about this. This is sort of the um, part of the growing up process, if you will, for him this season. I, I think he's had to learn how to do these kinds of things, and I'm not sure that he um, you can play that kind of game two, three years ago. You know, but he, you know, they needed it from him. Their defense is in a completely different place than it was, and. Uh, um, you know, he's a guy that can really uh, that looks like he's capable of playing that if he has to. He can go from you know having to light it up to having to to use your term, be a game manager if he needs to, if that's what the game calls for, and that's a pretty good thing to have in your uh, you know in your arsenal there. Yeah, no, it, it is, and I think it's the first order of a quarterback, and Lamar Jackson wasn't able to do it. And I, and I think it cost the Baltimore Ravens because of it. Uh, do you think that the Chiefs just had so much success with their defensive game plan that they forced too many long downs and distances to where the Ravens just had to go to other things and couldn't run the ball, or did the Ravens blow it by only running the football with their running backs six times? Yeah, no, I think they blew it. Um, you know, the Chiefs did a nice job when they had to, um, you know, uh, making them do the third and long thing. Yeah, there was some of that. But, um, I, you know, Baltimore just gave up way too early. Yes, no doubt they gave up way too early on the running game. And, 
one of the reasons they're not going to the Super Bowl, one of the many reasons they're not going to the Super Bowl. I think that could have uh, really gotten them out of some trouble there. Yeah, uh, that, that that was shocking to me. And the flip side, the Chiefs did keep pounding away with the run. It wasn't super productive, but to me it looked like the New England Patriots again, where and I've said this many times, when you go up against good defenses, your running back numbers are going to look like you know 22 for 61. But they gave it to them 22 times to say that we're yeah. going to force you to have to play the run to then open it up, and that quarterbacks in the playoffs have to convert third and eights, third and six, third and nines, because defenses are going to have some success. That was a New England Patriot game that the Chiefs won. No, no, that's a good way of putting it. You know, they did what they had to do. And, yeah, I agree. They, You know, you've heard me. I've been critical that they've been giving up on the running game when it hasn't worked real well before. Not yesterday. I mean, they hammered, you know, what did he run the ball, 23, 24 times? Pacheco yeah. did. And, it, you know, that that's pretty good, considering he wasn't particularly productive. So, um, you know, but they, they were still, you know, they were still able to burn some clock with a lead and, and get some things done that way. So, uh, yeah, I really. Uh, I really do uh, think that uh, you know the Chiefs played a smart, smart game on both sides of the ball. You know that, that when you talk about complimentary football, that was it yesterday. Uh, we're talking to Adam Teicher here in the program. Andy Reid going for it on fourth down uh, late in the second quarter uh, or midway through. I'd have to go back and look at what the clock was on it. But he had already been successful going for it on fourth down previous to that. But he shuns the field goal. And goes forward on fourth down. What was your thoughts at the time? What's your thoughts now? Yeah, well, I, I, I like the call at the time. You know, you just didn't know against the Baltimore defense how many times you were going to get down there. And, you know, I guess one school of thought is, well, take the points. But, no, with with that kicker the Chiefs have, you, you, can, you don't have to be you know, in the red zone to get – points on a field goal you know you, you can you can get it as they did yesterday from the when the line of scrimmage was what 35 yard line or 34 yard line so uh um i i like the call you know if i had any criticism it's that they should have reviewed the play the third down play with kelsey before because it looked to me like kelsey got the first down um and uh, uh so that that would be the, the only criticism i would have had of andy Reid there yeah i uh i think you take the points. I don't think you can come away with a turnover knowing that you haven't taken the ball away that often and come away with nothing. And also, frankly, you're not very good at the at the red zone. So why not take the points and make sure you get something? I, I actually did not like the call. I, I, I wanted the points to make sure that, that this turnover resulted in a positive outcome and the defense could feel like, yeah, we, we hung those three points on the board. Now, to their credit, it didn't take any wind out of the sails of the defense, and maybe that's Andy Reid knowing his team better than I do, that they're not going to wilt if we don't get this. They'll be back out there. They'll be fine. But at the end of the day, you know, it was wrong because they – didn't get it, and they didn't get the points. They didn't need it, uh, so that's okay. Um, are the Chiefs playing their best football right now? Um, yeah, I, I think they are. You know, they're, they're cleaned it up. No turnovers yesterday. Few offensive penalties. Um, you know, the drops. Did they drop one at all yesterday? Do I'm not forgetting anything? Um, uh, I don't. You know, maybe. I don't remember any obvious ones. No. MVS early in the game was kind of a drop. I, I don't know if you really can call it that. It wasn't the, the best place ball. I'll give them a pass on that. So I, I just feel like they're they're getting they're they're doing the things they need to do to win games, you know. And that's 
you know, even if they're not running up the score or, or, or putting up 40 points or whatever, they're still doing what they need to do to win the game. So, I, I uh, yeah, I do think they're playing their best ball of the season. I mean, they've had isolated games during the season, like against the Bears and the maybe the first Chargers game that were pretty good. But I don't know that they put – three games back-to-back quite like this. So, yes, I'll say they have. Yeah, the uh, I, I think they've, they've you know, Andy Reid coached trying to get the team to be what he thought it could be for three quarters of the year, and at the Bengal game it was, we have to coach to what we are. Well, good. If, if that's what he did, then good for him. You know, good on him that he uh, was able to adjust. You know, my, some of my criticism of him from over the years is he's been a little too stubborn. But if that's indeed what happened here, then good for him. And, um, you know, Mahomes has certainly altered his game a little bit, and good for him. And, um, hey, uh, you know, they can certainly win the Super Bowl playing the way they are right now. I mean, this is this kind, this style of game is good. They're good enough to win this style of game against the 49ers. All right, uh, let's talk about something you brought up uh, in the press conference today, the Zoom conference with Andy Reid, and that is the tweet of one Kadarius Tony. Um, you brought it up. I followed up with it uh, afterwards. Uh, what, what's, what do you make of that tweet, and what do you make of Andy Reid's response? Well, the tweet was crazy. I mean, uh, you know, I... I... <laughs> I don't know if I could count the number of, uh, uh, you know, swear words that were in there. So there were a lot of F-bombs in there. So, uh, but, but he did also, there was enough just plain English where he said, none of that. I, I'm not hurt. I don't have any of those injuries. So, uh, um, so it, it seems clear what he's accusing the Chiefs of. And, um, you know, hey, now it's a, it's who's telling the truth. Is it him? Is it Andy Reid? Uh, you know, I I would tend to believe Andy Reid in this case, but um, you know that the Chiefs aren't filing false um, injury reports and lying about it. But uh, I guess the truth will come out at some point. But um, I, I do feel like uh, you know it's a strange situation, and um, I I don't know what discussions have been had between the two of them, but. I think I would want, if I'm Andy Reid, I want to have a discussion with him and hear where his head is before I have him on the practice field this week. I uh, I actually do believe Kadarius Tony from the standpoint that he's not hurt. I do believe the Chiefs report that he has personal issues, right? I mean, and I'm not yeah. trying to be flippant. That's just not something... It's it's not smart. Let me put it that way, uh, to go out and just bomb your employer or say your employees your employer's lying, and and I'm with you. And I and I said it to Andy Reid today. I had a hard time following or even understanding what it was he was saying, but he definitely was saying he wasn't hurt. Right, that yeah. was one of them. But are they really? Do you really think we're going to see Kadarius Tony sitting at a table available for anyone and everyone to ask questions to in Las Vegas next week? No, we won't see that. But you know, here's the other thing: if, if, if he's, what is the rule? Do you know the rule? No. Well, guys are supposed to be there, but I don't think it's enforced. I mean, the Chiefs had guys last year who weren't out there during during the Super Bowl availabilities. There, there were more than one. Clyde Edwards-Helaire was not out there, for instance. Um, I'm not sure. Well, he he was hurt, so never mind. I'm McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman wasn't out there either, but he was on IR by that point. So, uh, well, then that's probably but, what's coming in this case, don't we think? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not, not going to sit him down at a table to have me and you sit there and go like, want to explain this? 
Yeah, no, I, I don't think he will. They, he won't be out there. But so that's that's my my point. He's they're all supposed to be, but they're not all out there. But the my other point on this was that um, you know this is how he left the Giants too. You know mm-hmm. he was claiming. You remember he missed a few games before he was traded to the Chiefs and. He claimed he wasn't hurt, and the Giants said, yes, you were. So if the Chiefs are lying on the injury report, the Giants were lying on their injury report, uh, according to Kadarius Tony. So uh, I don't know how many teams you need to hear it from before it's not the teams, it, it's the player. I can't say what the, the, the issue is here. I, don't, I, I, I never accuse a guy. Um, I, when a guy's hurt, I always – you know, take him at his word, but um, in this case, it's twice now. So, uh, so we'll see. We'll see how this gets resolved. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think everybody's kind of banged up this time of year, and so to claim a hip or this or that, and the injury has changed while he's been out. By the way, yeah. but you know, at the end of the day, that and this is what's sad on his part. They're trying to look out for the guy. And not very well, pro- probably. Probably. I mean, he's 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 a. He's a <laughs> I almost said it. He's a GD train wreck on the field. Okay, let's be clear. I mean, since he hasn't played, how many interceptions has Patrick Mahomes thrown? One in the Raider game. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah, and and that was a bad one. I'm not trying to say that all things wrong run through Kadarius Tony. That's not what I'm trying to say. But you know, they spent a lot of time, and that, that's kind of what I'm talking about. They spent a lot of time trying to get to what they wanted to be. And after the, the, you know, whatever game it was after Buffalo, after the Raider game, with that one, or maybe the Bengals were the week before. I can't remember the order. The would, Pats were the week before the Raiders, and then the Bengals were the week after them. Okay. They, they, they're like, enough. Like, we can't keep doing this. We're not good enough to, to keep overcoming all these different things. And they walked away from the guy. And I think, listen, there's a moral to the story. The, the Chiefs take shots on guys like that. Right, and it paid paid off huge dividends in Tyree Kill. It 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 didn't pay off this time, you know. I, I think it's just a difference in philosophy. Like the Patriots would have never taken either one of those guys, and so they would have missed on Tyree Kill, but they wouldn't be messing with Kadarius Tony here. But is there a moral to this story? Like, stop trying to fix other people's problems. Well, I think you got to look at it in case by case basis. I mean, uh, I you know. Uh, certainly what was going on with Tony was red flags. Uh, you know, what, what was going on with him with the Giants should have been some red flags. But, you know, Andy Reid's got away with some guys, not all guys, but he's got away with some guys and was able to get some, some good play out of them. So um, I'm not sure this one was, um, was um, you know, would go in that category. This is one they shouldn't have done, you know. Um, um, hell, it's, the guy still won him a Super Bowl or helped win him a Super Bowl, you know. So, and I tweeted that out at the time of that punt return last year, and, and I'll, I'll stand by it. Um, even if Kadarius Tony never does anything else for the Chiefs, that trade was was a good one for the Chiefs, and I'll stand by that. I, I think it was a good trade for the Chiefs. It was worth the um, what they paid for him, sure. And, they, and they, they did get some big return out of him in the biggest game of the year last year. It it, it was uh, here's how I would phrase it. It was definitely not a good trade. I mean, for a third round pick, you should get more production than what they got for him. But it it worked out in the sense that he made a big play. 
right? Like, I think they need to stop. Cool. Like, when they want to take a shot at these guys and they're grabbing them just off the waiver wire or as a free agent after they didn't work out someplace else, they traded some pretty good picks. No one wants Brett Beach out. He's been fantastic, and he's got many, many more successes than failures. But that's great. The punt return was a big part of the equation in winning the championship game last year. You know, I, I don't know. Brett Beach seems to have this, you know, mystical uh, ability to acquire guys that kind of di- really disappoint all throughout the regular season. And then, poof, in the playoffs, they make all these mystical plays. And I'm looking at you, Kadarius Tony, and I'm looking at you, MVS, and I'm looking at you, Frank Clark. I mean, none of those contracts. Sammy Watkins, too. Put him in that bunch. None of those contracts were worth it. Like, if you're like, production-wise, did they get what they should have got for what they paid for them in contract and draft pick? No, they didn't. But did they? were they part of an equation that added up to a championship? Yes. So I think it's okay to say that trade wasn't a good one, but it was a necessary part that he overpaid for because he got value in other places like, you know, corners in the fourth round that play like number one guys that can travel with a with a wide receiver and corners in the seventh round and all the different places where they save money and and had hit on great picks later Trey Smiths and all those allow you to overpay for the final piece of the puzzle right they, they had that extra cash in the bank account under the cap however you want to think of it they had the extra picks because they'd hit on late round picks that most people are just cutting guys they're getting great production from those but I do think you do need to keep reminding yourself, that wasn't a good trade. Let, let's do be clear about that. It wasn't a good trade. He was a part of an equation. Oh. But if you had it to do again, get more for your third-round pick, and you'll be even better, right? Does that sound fair? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll go there. But you don't have that luxury of, of, the, of hindsight when you make the deal. You don't have that. And sometimes you do take a little bit of a chance. And I think this was a, a nice, good, calculated chance. You know, this guy has the, the skill set that Andy Reid and his system, you think, would get a lot out of him. And you, you figure maybe when going to play with Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey will pull the guy into line. It, it seemed to do good things for Tyreek Hill. So, uh, you know, I, hey, it, it hasn't worked out. Totally. I mean, you know, there was the big game last year, as we know. But it had, other than that, it hasn't worked out. But does that? I, I feel like the trade is either a good one or a bad one when you make it. You can't. It, you don't always have the, the the benefit of hindsight to say, well, yeah, that was a stupid trade. No, you, you have to make the call when they make the trade. And I think at the time, the Chiefs are in a position where they can take some gambles on some guys. You know, well, you can't I, do it for a ton of guys. You, you can't be wasting all your third round draft picks, but every once in a while, I think you can swing for the fences, and if it doesn't work out, what have you lost? I mean, yeah, you lost a chance at a good third-round pick, but maybe that was worth it in this case for what your potential return with Kadarius Tony. I, I, I would look at it this way, and I, and, I, and, I, and I agree. I don't mind the trade. I don't mind what he was trying to do. I, I, I think they need to go back and say, okay, where did we miss on this guy being a, 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 a real pain in the ass? Because that's what he's become, yeah. let's be clear, right? Let, yeah. There's no other way to put it. I can come up with other ways to detail it, but he has you know, largely been unproductive other than one punt return for this team. And, and now he's a distraction, which amazingly, I think partially because there's such a great story. i got to be honest with you, I don't know why no one nationally is running with it other than he's been written off long ago because he didn't do anything for the Giants. And so all New York-based media is like, uh, we're not going to do anything with this. Um, 
but I think it's of note. I think it'll become, trust me, you, you and I both know, two weeks of just having two teams to cover, Canarius Tony's going to come up over the next two weeks. He'll come up yep. between now and the championship game because there's a 14-hour pregame to fill. Right, and there's there's 14 days of talking about this game, and they'll get done analyzing what happened in these conference championship games, and then they're going to be looking for stuff, and it's going to come up. You mark my word, they're going to be talking about it more. My my point just is on the like I, I I'm here I hear you on like okay they made that move, but they themselves now have to go okay. What did we miss? And and they they you know I'll point out MVS with a large contract, Sammy Watkins with a contract. They all had their moments, and like I said, as long as they keep nailing it, you you can overpay for for the finishing pieces. But what I would like to see them do is recognize that hey, drafting receivers is a volatile position to draft. So understand you're going to have to draft two guys in the second round to find one. It's okay to swing and miss on MVS, right? Because just keep going and you'll find Rashi Rice. So get more draft picks and don't send them off on other people's problems. Right? That's yep. that's my fault is like Frank Clark if you had the draft picks draft two defensive ends and your coaching staff will probably come up with a George Karloftis. We'll help, you know, find an effort guy and you you guys can coach him into being George Karloftis. Don't give up a first and a second for Frank Clark. Don't do it. No. Don't don't give up a third and a sixth for Kadarius Tony draft Trey Smith and another Sky Moore, you know, and and Powell. Who name your guy? I mean, know that the wide receiver position is just volatile, and you're going to have to draft volume of wide receivers. And if you do, your coaching staff will hit on fifty percent of them, and you'll eventually have a stocked wide receiving core. Don't give the money to MVS. Put the money into offensive linemen. Joe Tooney they grossly overpaid for a left guard, and no one's complaining because he's awesome. At, at, at the position, but that's way too much money to give a guard. But they needed to protect Patrick Mahomes. I'd rather see you know go get a dependable player instead of giving good assets for guys that are that are carrying a boatload of baggage as soon as they arrive at Arrowhead. No, and it, as a general philosophy, I'm with you 100. percent I mean, you, you know, you can't build a team. And you're trading all your draft picks for guys like Kadarius Tony. You can't do it. You know, you you, you, you that's a one way to zero and seventeen every year. But the Chiefs again are in a position where they can take a gamble on a guy every now and then, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't bring the house down. And clearly, this hasn't bring the brought the house down because, you know, they they um, they're going to the Super Bowl without getting much at all from Kadarius Tony. You know, it's, they've gotten a, a, you know negative play from Kadarius Tony with those two interceptions. They've got negative con- contributions from him this year, and then you throw in that. Penalty against the, the the Bills that cost them the touchdown. They're getting negative contribution. They're still going to the Super Bowl. So I think you're okay doing this once in a while. You don't want to live this way, and you can't miss all the time this way. But it's okay to do this once in a while. All right, Adam. Uh, we've got a lot of conversations we're going to have with you now, and then we'll save the uh, breaking down of the matchups and everything for later on. Uh, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate it. We'll talk again on Friday. All right, sir, and talk to you then. There you go. Adam Teicher from ESPN.com, covering the Chiefs since 1993. We'll take a break. Uh, take your phone calls. We'll open the lines up. I know we left a couple of people hanging. You can grab a phone line right now at 913 Hit me up on the Twitter. It's at Seren Petro. All right, the good sense. End of the hour answer. How many road underdogs have beaten the number one scoring defense in the NFL 
in the conference championship game? How many? Road Dog versus number one scoring defense. Conference championship game. Um, I'm going to say just one. The Chiefs are the first one to ever do it. Uh, that is incorrect. Really? They are the third to do it. So I thought, well, let's apply some context here. 20 times the number one scoring defense has hosted the championship game, which isn't very often. There have been 116 conference championship games since 1970, so less than one out of five have featured the number one scoring defense. Uh, so, so 20 times. Five of those were home dogs, and they were two and three in those games. That leaves 15 that were favored, and those teams are 12, were 12 and three overall. The only two other um, road dogs to beat the number one scoring defense in the conference championship game were the T- uh, Tennessee Titans at Jacksonville in 99 and the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams in 1975. Okay, then. So now there we have it. There we have it. Okay. What are we playing for? Good Sense. GoodSenseSubs.com? Mm-hmm. Put it in order right now if you want. Say 545, whenever you're going to be swinging by, grab sure. it, take it home for dinner. Uh, you are all set. Uh, go to Good Sense. Uh, also take advantage. You know, Good Sense is looking out for you low-carb folks like myself. Yes. Uh, if you're doing the uh, low-carb, uh, doing the keto, uh, they have their meatball side featuring the uh, famous signature meatballs and marinara sauce topped with Parmesan cheese, all for only 5 bucks. Make it a uh, extra cheesy addition with the uh, addition of provolone, uh, hearty and delicious, so we'll keep you satisfied. And you won't have to stray from your uh, keto or low-carb diets. Good sense, good food that makes good sense. Uh, 9133-810-810, talking Chiefs football. We said we go back to the uh, lines here after we got done talking with uh, Adam Teicher. Uh, what do you think of the uh, Kadarius Tony? What, what's the takeaway you have, Curtis, for... Um, what what they should learn from this? I, I I get it with Adam. Like, hey, you took a shot at a guy with high upside. Yeah, you know, Andy Reid's always been willing to do that. He took a shot at Terrell Owens when he'd worn out his welcome in San Francisco. Went all the way to the Super Bowl with them. Um, Frank Clark came with some baggage. It was days in Michigan. Uh, you know, that that was there. They went all the way to the Super Bowl with him, went all the way to Sammy Watkins. had been a disappointment in his career. I don't think he, you know, ended up being a number one wide receiver, but certainly was productive and helped them out. They've had success with guys that they've taken shots on. Is, is there... They may have to re, rearrange their, their sights on what they perceive the the negative. Whatever has allowed this person with talent to slip into their hands for a, f- a few pennies, although in, in Tony's case, it was two draft It was picks. 75 cents yeah, on the dollar. Yeah. It was a third yeah. and a sixth, yeah. I think. But at a discount. And he came at pick 20, yeah. so it was 75 cents on the dollar, not 10 cents. Yeah, yeah. M- measure, maybe measure more accurately what it is that allowed that. And there's some things you can maybe. I'm, I'm not sure if it's if it's possible to, to see what happened with Kadarius Tony and and to see it play out the way it did. There may be somebody else who fits that exact same profile who doesn't have those issues. You either have to say I'm not taking that type of player anymore, and which which shuts you off from uh, potential pluses, or you have to say we're going to keep firing. And if this if it blows up, it blows up. But we're going to at some point we're going to. We're going to uh, make hay out of it. 
the, the Chiefs the, the Chiefs don't really seem to be though a franchise that requires that kind of risk. That's the, that's the, the the odd thing. I can see why a team that doesn't have any talent around them and is looking to make a name and is just get, wanting to get that zero off the scoreboard would take more of a chance. The Chiefs don't really seem to be a team that that, that for which that is required. So that that was a little that's a little puzzling. Maybe they they ought to, ought to say, look, we 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 can go out and get guys. We've got fifteen. We've got guys who can draft and and, and assess talent. Maybe let's not take that 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 choice. I I, I do think that this this result will cause them to to alter. Uh, their perspective on on how they view players like that in the future. I, I don't know how it couldn't. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we'll start things off with uh, Rodney. You're in the program, Rodney. What's going on, buddy? Uh, how you doing, Corey? Good, man. What's on your mind? So um, I listened to the the top of the hour. I had a hang up for a situation that happened, but um. Y'all, y'all stole my point about Andy's game plan, and I, I wanted to elaborate more for for the Chiefs fans, you know, coming from the football guy, and I'm still taking that title. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, to me, watching that game, I feel like Andy's game plan uh, worked to perfection, and what he did was he pulled a Baltimore on Baltimore. He gave John Harbaugh a piece of his own medicine. Because we know the one thing that the, the Ravens are not built for is to come from behind. And Terrence, you are the, the only one, even the national heads don't even talk about this. You beat that drum every year. The Ravens are not built to come from behind. Even if they have a three-point lead, they will run the clock out. And that's what they did. Because you look at the plays that, that, they was, that the Chiefs was running and, and how uh, conservative they were, they wasn't trying to score. They were just eating the clock out. They did not try to go out of bounds if they didn't need to. They ran inside zone run game, knowing that they they beaming on the run. And the one thing that the one biggest point on that is, we've been begging and and and, and telling a lot of teams if you play Patrick Mahomes single high, you will get burned. You will get burned playing Patrick Mahomes single high. Look at how many times the Ravens play single high against Mahomes. A ton. They would not allow Isaiah Pacheco to do it. And to me, that was a bait. And another point on this, close game that is, 10 points. It's just a very close game. Isaiah Pacheco got 25 carries. Name another running back who got that many carries in the injury uh, system when the game is that close. Yep. I think they were trying to run that clock out in the second half. He said, I have an elite defense. I am not going to run my homes out here like this. And, and it is what it is. If they cover in Kelsey, fine. I'm going to hit Rasheed Rice. And if they cover Rasheed Rice, well, I got Noah Gray. And I'm going to just keep it short and simple, and that's it. And I think that last play, that play down to NBS was a message, was a message to the league. Don't get it twisted. Don't make it seem like they, they blew us out in the second half when they didn't. Because at, at any moment when we feel like it, we can get down the field in point two seconds. I, if we wanted to. I, I think that's a great point. And, Rodney, I'm going to let you go because I'm a little I, I'm up against the time-wise. I went a little long with Adam there. But I, I think your points are great, and I, and I look forward to talking more Super Bowl with you here over the next couple of weeks. Um, yes, I, 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 I think Andy Reid – 
you know, channeled his inner John Harbaugh and said, I'm going to win with my defense. And I think Andy Reid has shown a lot of progress. You know, I mean, I think he wants to throw it around. He wants to be multiple. He wants to be big and explosive on offense. But what his team has right now is the ability to win rock fights. And so get comfortable being in a rock fight. Get your quarterback comfortable being in a rock fight. And that's the way they played that game. That's how they were. They were very comfortable sitting in a game that was a one-score game and one big play could take it either way. You're listening to the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Seren Petro with you. Let's take some phone calls. 913-3810-810. Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. Uh, we talk about it with Jacob. You're in the program, Jacob. What's going on, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. What's on your mind? Oh, I just have a few quick points, and I'll get off here. Uh, I just want to say, you know, watching that game, it's, as a Chiefs fan for, you know, my whole life, I'm 28 now, I I just want to say it's, we need to all – stop and relish in this moment you know we we've seen this many super bowls this last you know five six years and the championship games and uh we're doing this on the road it's just it's amazing we all need to stop and take a breath and you know enjoy it we can't let it fly by us you know what i mean so uh, that's one and two uh odell beckham i don't know what he's got going on there but he looked really good in the second half for them uh particular drive he caught a few balls I don't know what Tony, what we can do to get out of that, but uh, it might be a good little little swap off. I don't know what they're feeling about Tony either in Baltimore, but uh, Odell looked good as a veteran there, and he was helping Zay, it looked like. So I don't know what we got going on if we could grab him, but he looked good as a veteran, so maybe that's something we could look interest into. So well, and immediately following the game, immediately following the game, his father tweeted out that uh, he needs a better quarterback. That Lamar Jackson's failing his son, so they can keep him in Baltimore. As far as I'm concerned, fifteen million (laughs) dollars for 500 yards receiving this year, hard pass. Oh, I did. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. We can't get into that kind of money with him. Anyway, but. Uh, have a good one, man. I think I think we're going to get San Fran uh, 24-21. All right. Uh, get, it, get it down. First prediction. There it is. Well done, Jacob. Uh, I'll make a note of it. Uh, 24. He said, we're going to get him. So he's got KC 24-21 yeah. uh, on the uh, prediction there. So we'll, we'll see where that ends up going. Seems like we've at least for the time being settled into – one and a half on the line. You know what volatility like? early. It's been one and a half. I'd like to trade veteran players for draft picks and then draft young receivers like Rashi Rice. That's what I would like. Yeah. 913-3810-810. Rulebook, you're in the program. What's up, Rulebook? Uh, not much, guys. I just woke up this morning feeling like a hardball. Because really, who's got a better than that? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. Well done. Uh, well done. I want to piggyback on what Robbie is talking about. Andy Reid's game plan, I think all the credit in the world goes to Spags. He was, it was like a symphony, a conductor conducting a symphony, an orchestra of his defense yesterday. It doesn't matter the packages that he brings in, the players, they switch in and out from the linebacking, the nickel, and they were bringing in Chanel, Tranquil, and they going with um, Bolton, or even in the secondary with the uh, Jalen Watson or um, Williams or, or uh, Shamari Khan, whenever these guys come in, the defense still just flows. Everybody's on the same page. It's really cool to see, like, um, yesterday I was watching them, like, fake the blitz. The Ravens had no idea who was coming on this place. Yeah. It was so cool to see. Yeah, no, I I think it's uh, for sure that Steve Spagnuolo was the better 
got the better of the matchup there. And it's it's one of the things that like I, I don't understand why you know owners can't take a look back and say, okay, in St. Louis, here was what he had talent wise. All this guy does is succeed everywhere he goes. But when he got to St. Louis, he had a broken down Sam Bradford for a quarterback and. She's shocking it didn't work. I mean, but listen, all the better for the Kansas City Chiefs that he not be considered for the jobs because he stays here as the defensive coordinator, and that's good news. I appreciate the call, Rulebook. First, when he said that the defense just flows, I thought he said the defense just blows, and I thought that sounds like about 2018 uh, Chiefs call-in topic. Yeah. Uh, I always look forward to Seth Kaiser, but I can't wait to hear his breakdown of all the different things that Steve Spagnolo did defensively. It's, I'm really looking forward to Wednesday. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Let's go to Sean. You're on the program, Sean. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Serene. You've been banging this drum for a while, so I had to chuckle to myself thinking about you yelling at the TV each time Creed Humphrey dribbled one of his balls back to Mahomes. I turned to my wife. I said, "I bet Serene's just losing his mind watching that." <laughs> That was one of his worst worst days of that. They're going to have to get that figured out because I'm terrified, and I hope it doesn't happen in the Super Bowl that it's going to be a fourth and something at the critical part of the game, and he's going to dribble one of those back there that Mahomes isn't going to be able to scoop up. So, Listen, he is a um, tremendous player once we get to the blocking part of the equation. I assume he does yes, a really nice is. job on the, on the line they calls, or they wouldn't leave him there, but it, it's... And I don't expect them to change centers going into the Super Bowl, right? Um, but I don't know. Flip flopping him and Nick Allegretti sounds like a decent plan to me, but I don't think we're going to see it. That was one of the worst days I've seen him have in that. Regard. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's not like it's just a once. You know, every you know six or seven. I mean, then this game alone. I mean, I counted five or six, probably if not more. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's an issue, and thank you for the call, Sean. I appreciate it. They, they are going to have to get it figured out, you would think, but again, they, they keep surviving. Listen, Patrick Mahomes is a great athlete. He can go get the snaps, but why why would you keep asking him to? Can we, yeah. you know, it, it kind of like the point on Kadarius Tony. Like, can you get by with Kadarius Tony with sacrificing a third round pick for him? Yeah, you can, but why? Why would you? Yeah, if you don't have to, right? Like, let's like the goal is to always become more efficient. So let's look at where we were inefficient. Let's fix that. One of them is Creed Humphrey doesn't snap the ball well. All right, he's he's either going to solve that. This offseason, or you guys start talking about him playing guard. All right, who was the last team before the Chiefs to win a road game in the conference championship, scoring 17 points or fewer? Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue. 